Nation, Rob McGregor, welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor. And Rob McGregor. And our tech magician producer, John Posey. You can go to the mysticalunderground.com where we make regular posts and you can find out about our books. Our most recent nonfiction book is Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities. Trish's latest novel of Skin Shifters and Rob's is Tulpas, which is now available in audio as well as in print, and it's an ebook. Okay, our guest today is Preston Dennett. Uh, he began investigating UFOs and the paranormal in uh, 1986 when he discovered that his family, friends, and co-workers were having <clears throat> dramatic unexplained encounters. Since then, he has interviewed hundreds of witnesses and investigated a wide variety of paranormal phenomena. He is a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, a ghost hunter, a paranormal researcher, and the author of 26 books and more than 100 articles on UFOs and the paranormal. He has appeared on numerous radio and television programs, including uh, Oldie But a Goodie, Midnight in the Desert with Art Bell, Coast to Coast with... Nori, what's George Nori, George Nori, <laughs> and also History Channel's Deep Sea UFOs and UFO Hunters. His latest book, which are which we're going to talk about, is Onboard UFO Encounters: True and True Accounts of Contact with Extraterrestrials. Pres, uh, Preston currently resides in Southern California, <laughs> not, not, not Florida. Yeah. Welcome, Preston. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited. Good. So uh, you say that your interest in UFOs began in the late 80s when you found out uh, about all these people that you know, family and friends, co-workers were having these experiences. Uh, how about yourself? Have you had any personal encounters? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I've had quite a number of them. But, okay. you know, really none until I started investigating this <laughs> subject. Uh, oh, that's yeah. What was right? your most powerful one? Oh, there's four or five that would easily make that list, but I'm going <laughs> to say... Have you, uh, have you written about them yourself in one of your, some of your books? Um, no, not really, not yet. Um, okay. I've t certainly talked okay. about them, okay. uh, but uh, probably the most amazing one was after I'd interviewed this lady, I'll call her Wendy, she was having major encounters, she described, you know, being taken on board a UFO, uh, she was healed. Uh, she talked to the greys. She had, you know, hybrid baby experiences, the whole deal. I mean, just yeah. a really extensive case. And so I'm transcribing her interview on my computer. I'm, I'm alone, you know, in my little 600-foot condo in Canoga Park. Uh -huh. this, this was some years ago. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I wonder if this lady is telling me the truth. <laughs> Because I, I knew she was being sincere, but this was just hard for me to believe. And this is when I got this really strong impulse to run out onto the roof of my condo. 
and uh, which is not something that's ever really happened to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it just got to be so annoying, I couldn't resist it. And I'm like, all right. And I grabbed my glasses. I'm slightly nearsighted. I use them for, for driving. Mm -hmm. And uh, ran out onto the you know, roof of my three-story condo. And I'm standing up there. You're not supposed to be on the roof, by the way. <laughs> and I'm standing there thinking, what the heck am I doing up here? when suddenly this light appears and it's not far away. It's just across the street, a couple, maybe a hundred feet high. And it's a huge bright orange orb. I'm going to say a couple of feet across at least. I mean, wow. hard, hard to tell, but it flashed at me and darned if I didn't get like a message, honest to God, it says, hi, it's us. We're Wendy's ETs. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> I mean, it's it like wasn't... a telepathic message that uh, came to you that you picked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, like so many words. It was just yeah. a very clear and impression, I guess. And it did kind you of. Did you go downstairs? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't have a. I did fall back a little bit, but I, you know, I stared in absolute amazement. And it's like, all right, you don't believe? <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> and again. Again, and not words, but just kind of a real strong impression. And this mm -hmm. darn thing starts darting back and forth like nobody's business. I uh. mean, darting around. Yeah. And, you know, as in an obvious attempt to prove, mm -hmm. to, you know, or display their presence, I guess. Yeah, you uh, wonder about those ones that move around that impossible turns like that at fast speeds, whether they're occupied or not, you know, because uh, humans could not uh, handle those those motions like that, you know. Uh, so maybe they have ones that they project. Uh, yeah, know. I was wondering if this was a little probe or something, but yeah. honestly, I think they have their own little gravitational field. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I mean, Did it land on your roof? <laughs> no, it just darted down about you know, 50 feet towards the ground and disappeared. Yeah. Was this at night? Yep. Oh. This is pretty late at night. Do you and think anybody else saw it? <laughs> um, no, you know, I don't know. I didn't see any reaction. I didn't really, I was stunned. I just oh. kind of stumbled back inside. Like, okay, I couldn't wait to call her. Yeah. Like, Wendy, yeah. you're not going to believe it. <laughs> What'd she say? She was, I told you, <laughs> you know, I told you. <laughs> And you know, we look, we look at these things from our own uh, ethnocentric perspective as humans in you know, the 21st century. But if you can imagine that they could be a million years ahead of us, uh, more developed. And so, you know, like what you said, they ha could have their own gravity system. They go right through walls and all of that. Uh, you know, it, it seems like magic, but uh, maybe it's, you know, just an advancement that they've uh, achieved. What was Wendy healed of? I'm curious. Uh, a, a cyst in her fallopian tubes. It's caused no. all, all kinds of problems. It was, you know, after she told me this, that's when I started looking into UFO healing cases huh. and yeah. ended up doing a lot of research into it. I've documented some 300 cases. Jeez. Seriously. Because we had one... Well, we had one case in a aliens in the backyard where the woman was healed. Remember, it was Deborah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. But they only healed her uh, uh, serious knee 
injuries. You couldn't uh, even said, claim. Can you take care of my immune system? They said no. <laughs> that's genetic. That's uh, karmic. Karmic. They said you're you're stuck with it. They, they didn't. Oh wow! Wow, that's so interesting because you know this same lady I'm talking about, Wendy, had a car accident in Georgia. Um, pretty severe when she was a you know that's where she grew up. She was mm -hmm. a young and and. Uh, was taken. She didn't realize it at the time. Only years later, after undergoing regressive hypnosis, did she realize she was taken from the scene of the car accident and healed of very severe injuries. Wow. Yeah. The what, out of the car? I mean, where was the car? Yeah, right on the highway. They just took Jeez. her from the scene of the accident. They told her she had died in this accident and she was not supposed to die. Wow. And they repaired her brain stem, which had been severed and all these things. And she says it took a while. And uh, they told her that we can't heal all your injuries because some of these are karmic. Well, hmm. that's interesting. The same. That is. Uh, yeah. That's now, where do you write about that. her, her story? Is she in this book? Um, no, I did write about her a little bit in my other book, The Healing Power of UFOs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Her whole story has never been told, no. Yeah. So how do you find all these people you write about? I mean, there's so many. <laughs> Right? They come out of the woodwork. It's very strange. <laughs> um, it, initially, it did start with my family, friends, and coworkers, and I started immediately getting referrals. And, uh, you know, after you start going on shows like this or speaking at mm -hmm. conventions, more people contact you, some through my books. Honestly, some at my office, uh, where I, I, well, I did work full-time for some 30, 35 years. What did you do? Bookkeeping. Okay. Yep. It's excruciatingly boring, but it does pay the bills. <laughs> that, Could the aliens help with maybe, that? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what opened you to something unusual. <laughs> yeah, per, perhaps. I did need something a little more interesting. Than, uh, maybe the fact that you're in uh, California also helps helps for finding more cases. Uh, you know, find, I, huh? yeah, I wondered that. I'm like, huh, how is it that I am finding so many people? Could it be, you know, Southern California, which is, yeah. does have a kind of a new agey right. mm -hmm. vibe, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think so. Uh, I think this is a pretty common experience. I read a quote from J. Allen Hynek that one in 40 people have had an onboard experience. Mm. And I thought- And that, that was probably an old quote, right? <laughs> yeah, this was very early on in my research. Jeez. And I didn't yeah. believe it for a second. You know, I'm like, no, I know 50 people or 40 hmm. people. There's just no way because I would that meant I would know someone who's been taken on board. <laughs> so I asked everybody and I found five people within my circle of family, friends and coworkers who had either missing time or a face to face encounter or, or you know, full on encounter. Yeah. And they remembered it. Some to varying degrees. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. And this all exists simultaneously with the uh, general belief in the mainstream media and uh, science that none of this exists, <laughs> or it's all fantasy. Yeah. Well, that's changing with those New York Times pieces. Finally, uh, right? <laughs> it's been decades. Yeah. I know. Uh, Are you seeing changes in uh, beliefs so, uh, over the time since the late 80s when you've uh, started this interest in the, in, in the terms of people's belief and interest? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's bit by bit. It's been slow. But in the beginning, uh, you would get I, mean, I could clear a room at a party by just bringing up <laughs> and right. people would look at me like I was insane. Yeah. And, 
and now and you go on the you know a TV show perhaps, and they bring on a debunker, yeah, someone who's there to attack your research and you, <laughs> and you you don't see that not nearly as much at least anymore. Oh, that's and cool. people well, usually lost. <laughs> we got John here. Yeah, we got John. John's, although John had a video. You, John, you need to send him that video you took in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, John had an experience. <laughs> yeah, the, the lots in the sky for sure. There was a bunch yeah. of them. Yeah. Arizona's very active. Yeah. yeah. A lot of copper mines there. I think that's one of the draws for the UFOs. They're very Why? attracted to that. Oh, to copper? Huh. Yeah, I did a study huh. of it because I'm like, huh, what's going on here? And I found like 30 cases of UFOs not only hovering over mines, metal mines, but actually landing and affecting Jeez. the mine itself. There's humanoids being seen. Huh. Um, it's a, definitely a thing. They attract UFOs for sure. What other, what about Florida? Is Florida active? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, you know, I've written books about the history of various states, California, New York. Yeah. Colorado, and I looked at Florida, I'm like, nope, <laughs> there's way too many. Uh, that would be a huge, huge project. Oh, I think hmm. Albert Rosales did write a book about UFOs over Florida. It's yeah. super active. Uh, uh, wait, wait, any particular area? Uh, well, Gulf Breeze certainly had that yeah, huge, so huge true. wave. And yeah. I think it's, there's certain areas in every state that seem to be more active than others in the coastal area along the Panhandle. and. Mm -hmm pretty active. Yeah. What about South Florida? Uh, you know, I haven't looked into it enough to really say, yeah. but I betcha, <laughs> yeah, I betcha if I were to look into it, you could find Florida's hotspot because I know mm. Arizona has one, California, New York, every state I've looked at, there's certain areas that are particularly active. And okay, in Arizona, you said it's the copper. What, what would it be in, say, Gulf Breeze? Uh, oh, there's a military bases there. I wonder if that has anything related to it. Yeah, I wondered about that too, because we do know UFOs are attracted to installations really of any kind. Mm -hmm. It could be something going on in the water. You know, I'm not going to rule out an undersea base. Like on Andros? Yeah, I mean, seriously, I know that sounds crazy, but if you look into the USO phenomena, unidentified submersible objects, uh, yeah, Florida's got quite a lot of them. <laughs> so well, so does the Bahamas, you yeah. know, that Andros Island. Uh, Autech is located, uh, which is sometimes called the underwater area, area 51. 51. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, I was watching a, uh interview with the, um, the Navy pilot that uh, uh, didn't record the Tic Tacs in San Diego, but was the flight before the recording of the Tic Tacs. And he was talking about that the, what they were calling the Tic Tacs seemed to be uh, revolving around, you know, seemed to be kind of hovering around this uh, underwater object. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah, it turns out that area too is super active. I've got like actually 150 cases of Jeez. objects coming in and out of the water right off the Southern California coast. And uh, Catalina Island off the coast, uh, that's that's another yep. sp active spot. Yeah, uh, that's the best viewing place for all this activity. Right. Um, it's that's I do think there might be a base um, in this area because there's some cases involving not just 10 or 20 objects, but 50, 100, a couple Jeez. of years. Yeah, 200 objects. Where are they all coming from? That's insane.
Yeah. Well, what have you ever, I mean, any idea where these beings are from, <laughs> from different areas in this whole solar system or what? Yeah, actually, this is a research project I would really like to tackle one day uh, because I don't think anyone's taken a very deep dive into that because we don't know. We still don't know where ETs are from or even if they're ETs, you know, as we would think. Mm -hmm. Right. I think they are. Uh, that's my assessment right now is that we're dealing with extraterrestrials in the classic sense. Mm -hmm. And we know Betty and Barney Hill case, the Zeta Reticula and star right. map. And, which turns up in other cases. And oh, does it? Oh, yeah. And in many cases, ETs do say, oh, we're from, say, Cygnus or Orion or the Andromeda galaxy, another galaxy. Uh -huh. I mean, which is not too helpful, but mostly <laughs> they don't say where they're from and they'll give coy answers, such as like one lady I interviewed, uh, a couple that actually were, uh, had a very friendly experience in Sedona, Arizona, taken on board by very much human looking ETs. Mm -hmm. And they asked, where are you from? And they said, we're from a place you don't know about yet. Oh, <laughs> and usually okay. they'll say something like that, like, oh, it's not important. It's or right. you wouldn't understand. Or they just Did don't they ever answer. say what they're doing here? Uh, yes, in some cases. Um, I would say the most common message is, you know, don't be afraid. We won't hurt you. Right. We need to examine you. And that's all most people get. But a certain amount of people get to converse with the ETs and hmm. talk to them, and uh, they do reveal their agenda. I think we've got a pretty good handle on it. Uh, people are often taken into what I think we would call the con control room or the engine room, right. mm -hmm. and they're told, you know, we don't need to use fossil fuels. Here's how we do it. We run our craft on electromagnetism, uh -huh. and you can do that too. So it's all about alternative energy. It's a very huh. common Interesting. You're okay. condensing space in front of the vehicle and expanding space behind it uh, is one thing I've uh, I think I heard uh, you talking about that in one of your videos actually. Yeah, yeah. One lady asked how you power the craft. <laughs> they actually were demonstrating, and and uh, she's like, oh, it's like Star Trek. You're using transporters, <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you don't have it yet. And uh, they demonstrated a few more times, and finally just put the answer in her head. And it was expanding hmm. and contracting space, basically. So they're all about that. That's one of their agendas. But another is giving warnings, for sure, about the future of our planet. That's the most common thing. Uh -huh. Right, yeah. And what about the uh, pregnant missing pregnancies? Is that the hybrid children? Common. Yeah, that is. You know, I got involved in this field in 1986 and uh, really dove in in 1988 and immediately got a case involving a hybrid baby, which was, hmm. you know, Bud Hopkins' book, Missing Time, right. had, had been published, but didn't really get into that. His book, Intruders, did. It hadn't come out yet. And when it came out, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, this is actually a thing. And it's, I don't want to say it's super common, but I get those cases regularly. And oh. in this latest book, Onboard Encounters, I think there's about you know, there's 15 cases that I covered. Five of them, I think, have that feature. It's mm -hmm. uh, absolutely a thing. I cringe when I talk to, to skeptics about it because I know how much they, they must right. think. I'm like, alien babies, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So Except that some of these abductees have been taken back and to the 
the nursery and have seen these hybrids. We've heard that from a couple. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, that was uh, Connie's. Thing. And also Deborah. Yeah. Yeah, it's astounding. It re really is. One gentleman I talked to, he was, the, he had had a lot of missing time and finally had a fully conscious encounter. And the <clears throat> gray ETs said, you need to know why we contacted you, why we've done this. And here's why. This is your child. Oh, my and, God. And, and they were so proud. And and he was really upset. He's like, how could you do this? And at the same time, you know, he's looking at this kid and feels just incredible love. Huh. And also kind of revulsion as well, because <laughs> the child looks strange. And he was angry. Yeah. Mm. How old was the child? Just, uh, I guess you would, toddler is how oh, you describe oh. it. Yeah. Mm. You couldn't really tell. Yeah. But uh, it was a very, very emotional experience for him. So what's the purpose of the hybrid program? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, a million-dollar question, isn't it? Right. Uh, yeah, it really is. Because I'm wondering how long this has been going on. We have report. I mean, the reports really don't stretch back much earlier than the 1950s, mm -hmm. not in large numbers. Uh, so I wonder if this is a new program or, a, you know, alien intervention or genetic engineering has been going on for millennia, which could very well be right. if you look at some of the ancient writings yeah. uh, that seemed. To... So I think it's probably got to do with improving our race. Mm -hmm. And uh, here, here's the reason I say that. Here's a case from Florida, actually, Gainesville, Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a man by the name of Jim was being contacted by Gray ETs and had had lots of cases of them coming and had gotten over his fear to a large extent. And they came and they're about to take him. And he's like, oh, if you're going to take me, why don't you heal my hernia? You know, I've got a hernia here. And they said, oh, we know of this condition and we will repair it. And they did. Mm, wow. And then they, he's like, well, why are you taking me? Why do you keep taking me? And they told him, we are interested in your genetic potential to live a long time. Hmm. Uh, which I thought was super interesting because I've heard other cases, people who are you know quite elderly and say their health is absolutely fantastic, uh, and, which they attribute to the ETs. That they've got uh, health upgrades. And Jim, in this case, his grandfather or his great-grandfather, his grandfather was uh, 105 years or 106 years old and still spry, still kicking, intelligent, hmm. doing his uh, thing. Yeah. And because he, of the ETs or, or that I think that was just his genetics? Well, that's the thing. I'm wondering about that. I'm like, are they upgrading us? Because this is something I hear from a lot of people. Uh -huh. And if you look at you know the history of the human race, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, what was the average lifespan? 40, 50? Yeah, that's a good it's point. Almost, almost doubled. Why? Mm -hmm. Why has that? You know, could very well be from extraterrestrial intervention. Huh. So do you think some of these uh, hybrids, maybe uh, a couple of generations down, are living among us? Yeah, and I'm wondering if they already are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. I, I, honestly, I talked to many people. Some of the people in this latest book feel like they are essentially hybrids. Uh -huh. yeah. They themselves are. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, let's look at the fact that we have, I mean, if you look at the types of ETs, reports that come in it's mostly grays certainly in my research yeah and it's i'm gonna say it's borne out with other researchers to a large extent mostly in the u.s at least mm -hmm. but you get a lot of human looking 
perfectly human-looking ETs, like mm-hmm. you know Travis Walton, right? And that makes me wonder. I mean, if they're human-looking, what's to stop them from intermingling, you know, among the right. regular population? Yeah. Well, you think uh, Travis Walton is a hybrid? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, but he did encounter. Oh, he did. Yeah. ETs. Uh-huh. And he initially, you know, was pretty had a pretty scary experience, and now he's saying, "Well, you know, maybe they actually healed me. Maybe they saved my life." Yeah. Hmm. Now, some of the stories that I've uh, read about, uh, you sh- uh, sometimes have a praying mantis type character along with the uh, greys, and they seem to be the controllers of the smaller, if not the greys, some other blue type uh, yeah. small aliens. Pretty interesting, isn't it? I, yeah. Praying mantis is definitely one of the top five categories, I would say, and they do seem to be really intelligent and sort of bossing around. Certainly, the yeah. smaller grades. Yeah. But I wonder. I mean, I'm not sure that they have a you know a federalized government or anything like that. I was asking yeah. some contactees who are, you know, very sort of uh, neck deep in the phenomena, I guess. And they're like, no, no, they all just are very telepathic and they cooperate among each other, hmm. among the various groups, and they communicate. And uh, But yeah, wasn't there a recent uh, Israeli official who said that there's a federation? Yeah, I read something about that. Yeah. So I wonder, because other people have told me that, that, yeah, there is sort of a cooperative group who looks mm-hmm. over Earth and we're in quarantine <laughs> uh, right. from the... Yeah most of the universe because of our violent ways. Mm. It's our own prejudices. It's our own violent tendencies, our own inability to, you know, care for our planet that is preventing, I think, open official contact. And this is certainly what many contactees are being told. But when you look at uh, humans, uh, we have a lot of differences and you obviously the aliens would also have a lot of differences uh, in with how they act and uh, how they relate to us. Uh, I mean, it, uh, these reptilians are often seen as the bad guys who would like to take over the planet, uh, while there's other ones that uh, are sort of neutral. Uh, and then there's other ones who are supposedly be- uh, beneficial for us. Uh, can yeah. you comment on that? Yeah, boy, when I came into this field, I was horrified. <laughs> when, honestly, I was. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are these UFOs are taking people and kidnapping them and doing horrific experiments. That was what my initial assessment was. And uh, I mean, there's no denying that people are being basically taken against their will, their conscious will, certainly. Yeah. But as I looked in deeper, I'm like, well, a lot of these people are coming away from these experiences healed, mm-hmm. spiritually transformed ultimately better for the experience, Mm -hmm. but not everybody. And as I really kind of stepped back and objectively examined what was going on here, I I made I had a profound revelation uh, that these ETs are basically people. Hmm. Their behavior falls under the same umbrella, honestly, as human behavior. Hmm. They are doing the same things we do and would do, I think, if we were visiting other planets. And uh, some are, you know, not so nice. They're just not. And some are super friendly. And you have the entire range in between. And if you really look at it carefully, you'll see, I think, that ETs are 
you could much more easily prove that ETs in general are more friendly than the human race. Because uh, what we don't see or don't get a lot of in terms of onboard UFO experiences and face-to-face -face contact is what I would term to be sadistic behavior, right. you know, mm -hmm. murder and awful, awful things, um, torturing people for fun. This is mm -hmm. just not something we see. The worst we usually get is ETs will treat people like a lab rat, like an animal yeah. with no compassion. Yeah. Uh, they seem to have a job to do. They're not emotional. It's like people are dealing with soldiers or doctors who are. Yeah. And I think that's honestly what's going on. Um, sometimes people get to meet the tourists, <laughs> uh, but often no, these, particularly the greys, they've got a job to do. They're in an emergency situation. Their race is dying and they've got to get this genetic material. And this is why it can sometimes be very traumatic for people. Um, Whitley Strieber once, we met him in Casadega a few years ago, and he commented that he didn't think there were as many abductions going on now as there were in the past, because he said basically they've got the genetic material they need. But the way you're talking, it seems to me they're, they're proliferating uh, yeah, I think it's still going on. I have, feel like it's pretty steady, the abduction phenomenon, and if anything, escalating. And contact occurs on so many levels. It can be anything mm -hmm. from you know telepathic inspiration to direct telepathic contact to face-to-face -to, -face to onboard experiences. And I remember when people saying, oh, you know, cases are slowing down. I'm like, well, I'm still getting some. <laughs> um, so I don't know that that's true. Uh -huh. And I feel like oh, people say, oh, why... Don't they have what they need? And I'm like, well, what we're we don't looking know at. Really what they need. Yeah, right. Maybe maybe it seems that they're slowing down is because it also uh, another f related phenomenon seems to be that as people get older, they don't they're not contacted as much anymore, uh, or or at all. Maybe past. Uh, Whitley is. Whitley is. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it goes down to the generation after generation, and. By and large, when I talk to someone who's having contact, you know, being taken on board, and they have children, their right. children show yeah. signs of contact Family. as well. Right. So it is ongoing and will continue to go on because they're tracking families. We know mm -hmm. this. Yeah, right. We've tracked it back multiple generations and case after case after case. And mm -hmm. people have been told directly. This is what they told several people in, you know, the book I wrote. They told that to Jim Sparks and actually showed him how they had been contacting his genetic lines since through Victorian times, the Middle Ages, all oh the way God. back to mm. caveman times. They literally Jeez. showed him this. Mm. So that's why I think there probably is, you know, genetic engineering uh -huh. going on. We're, they're slowly improving our race. There's some, they love us. ETs are really <laughs> obsessed with humans. <laughs> Physically examining, they're very interested in our ability to feel and the emotions and our mm -hmm. psychic abilities. So it feels like they're continually upgrading us century after century. And it's very, very special to you know, incarnate as a human being, to mm. live here on Earth. And uh, I think that's what they're basically doing. I'm not worried about ETs invading, because in a sense, they already have. Yeah, they already yeah. have. I mean, if they wanted to take over the planet, they would have done it by now, it seemed. <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like what, they have the capability saying is that they the ets keep saying oh you're one of us you know we are you you are us um yeah you know and yeah I, yeah like they're 
possibly from the future. Yeah, that's another weird thing, is <laughs> let yeah, yeah, that's us, about that. us from the future. Yeah. Um, I, have you found that COVID has that is there any relationship between ETs and this COVID virus? Uh, I don't think they're causing it or uh -huh. anything like that. I have to think that they are absolutely aware of it because they do really seem to keep a very close tab on everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, they know where people are. They can take them at any time. Uh, there's a lot of, I think, really sort of manipulation and intervention going on that's largely invisible. Mm -hmm. I, so I have to think that they know about it. I haven't, you know, I've gotten 10, 20 cases of people who were healed of colds and flus mm -hmm. prior to all of this. Hmm. So I haven't got anyone who claims that right now. Uh, we have seen an uptick in UFO sightings. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, yeah. since since the since last year, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, and we've also seen an uptick in disclosure process, and there's a yeah. lot of rumors that both are ramping up, and we might have you know some real, honest to god disclosures and more open official contact. Yeah. So that could be what we're heading towards. Uh, I think actually that is what's going to eventually <clears throat> happen at some point, uh, whether it's this year or the next or you know, mm. 20 years. Now it's hard to say. At some point, it's going to be a different world. Yeah, I mean, everything we're talking about now uh, becoming mainstream would be uh, a, quite a shift. Well, know? it's trying to. Yeah, Through mean, the New York Times, you know, look at. Yeah, yeah but they're looking at they're looking at objects, but not not what's who's behind it. <laughs> well, it's the front start. page news. It's it surprises me that the Pentagon can say, "Oh, UFOs are real," and we ha actually have yeah. materials from otherworldly vehicles mm -hmm. and everyone's like, yeah, well, that's interesting, but what about the Kardashians? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. So true. <laughs> yeah, yeah have, have they, ET's gone for the Kardashians? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah. you know, it's interesting how public consciousness is, is shifting because now yeah. you can bring up UFOs and it's no big deal. It's mm -hmm. in advertising, it's in video games, right. the top selling movies are, all about ETs. That's true. It's, yeah, you can see a bus going by with a gray uh, poster of a gray <laughs> on the back. You know, <laughs> there it goes. Yeah, and how many famous people now have come forward and said it's happened to me? You know, to Tom DeLonge and the whole To the Stars, right. Right. musician after musician. What was it? Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato, both recently. Um, so maybe the ETs, ETs want to know about music. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Hmm. And what's your favorite case? Uh, you got any particular one that stands out? Um, one case out of the... I hate it when people ask me this because all of these cases start swirling through my mind. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely some do stand out. Uh, sort of like, if I were to think a cluster of cases or... My biggest UFO case ever was really the Topanga Canyon UFO wave of 1992. Wow. And uh, I grew up in Topanga Canyon. This is right here in Southern California. It's just this little community uh, between Malibu, Santa Monica, right on the coast. And I didn't know it, but there apparently has been encounters here for hundreds of years, or a hundred <laughs> at least. And, yeah. and on June 14th of 1992, there was a huge wave of sightings. A bunch of people called the newspaper, 
bunch of people called the police and uh, the news, you know, whew, they were chasing cars down the road, uh, landing. Uh, I ended up investigating this firsthand. You know, I contacted the police. The newspaper actually called me up because I had written an article mm-hmm. in the newspaper a year or two earlier. And they're like, investigate, investigate. I found 30 separate, well, just about 30 separate uh, people in loca- different locations on that night, June 14th, 1992, wow. who saw activity on that one night. Huh. About 100 did, craft. Yeah. Did it, you see the activity that night? I didn't. I'm so mad. <laughs> I actually drove through the canyon that night. Um, I was living in Canoga Park at the time. I had moved out a couple of years earlier. And I drove through around 9 o'clock, right sort of before it all went down. Oh, gosh. I'm so mad to this day. Uh, I, I can't believe it. Just all this went on right next to me, and I just missed it. Yeah. Uh, uh, historically, there's a, a famous case from California from the 50s where there was actually like a, the military shooting at uh, aliens, at not aliens, but at uh, crafts that were... Uh, are you familiar with that case? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I uh, believe it was actually 40, 43, right after Pearl Harbor, 19, the Battle of L.A. Battle of L.A., wow. right, yeah. yeah. This, or the L.A. air raid, it was termed initially, but it became clear uh, that there was UFOs involved. The government did try to cover up, said it was a balloon, but right. what happened yeah. was this very large spherical-shaped object and many smaller ones came in over the ocean and hovered over Culver City, particularly this one Jeez. large one, for mm-hmm. two hours. Yeah. Oh my God. The entire city went on lockdown and blackout, and the U.S. military you know, came in under this object and Jeez. shot t- more than 2,500 rounds, I think it was, of ammunition yeah. at this thing. Right? Yeah. You know, trained searchlights on it. This was at night. And you can actually, I mean, there's a photograph that's very famous. You can see it, this object with multiple searchlights trained on it and little artillery shells exploding sort of on the edge of it. God. And then the explanation turns out to be it's only a balloon, right? (laughs) Yep, yep. I think it may have been one of the first times we shot at UFOs. They tried to cover up, they couldn't because this photograph came out in the LA Times the next day. (laughs) And uh, five people died as a result of this thing. Wow. From oh, really? Falling, yeah, falling debris, uh-huh. uh, car accidents, heart attacks, this sort God. of thing. Yeah. And allegedly, I mean, we supposedly found this out recently, uh, that through more Freedom of Information documents, which have been coming out on this for years, that we may have actually shot down one of these objects, or two of them, hmm. according to Bob Wood, who's hmm. really you know, sort of the UFO crash retrieval uh, expert. That's what he's sort of focused on. Mm-hmm. And he, mm-hmm. yeah. This Where are they? <laughs> Where are the remnants? <laughs> they are secreted in military bases across the United States and the world. Yeah. They, they truly are. And uh, we know this from not only Roswell, but it's not just Roswell. It's yeah. not just the Kecksburg case or the mm-hmm. Aztec New Mexico case or the Aurora Valley, Paradise Valley case in uh, uh Arizona, there are UFO crashes. Pretty much every state I've, you know, written huh. about has UFO crash retrievals. So you think out. these, 
These crashes are intentional. I mean, uh, you travel across the universe or across dimensions, and then you get here and you crash. <laughs> I mean, that seems. Uh, it seems to me that it might be a way of providing, you know, the the documentation or the uh, allowing well, you, us to you, advance. You volunteer for that mission? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go die on Earth. I can only speculate. I sure do wonder because my first thought was, well, I mean, these are very advanced machines. Why are they crashing? Yeah, right. <laughs> but then again, they're apparently being seen in very large numbers. I mean, um, people think UFO sightings are relatively rare, but if the National UFO Reporting Center and MUFON are recording 20 sightings daily, hmm. uh, which is, you know, ar around what they're getting, 10 to 20, it varies. Uh, I know as, for a fact that most people do not report their sightings. That's something I always ask people. I'm like, did you report your sightings? Right. MUFON, and they're like, what's MUFON? Yeah. And uh, so one in 10, maybe. So we can times yeah. that by, you know, the New Fork and MUFON statistics by at least 10, probably much more than that. So we're looking mm -hmm. at hundreds, possibly a thousand sightings per day. This is an ongoing phenomena. They mm -hmm. are out there in large numbers. It shouldn't come as any surprise that they sometimes do have accidents. I think sometimes perhaps they have been shot down by the military. Mm -hmm. Supposedly the Roswell craft, according to some accounts, it was our radar uh, that interfered with their navigation, which huh. caused, caused them to crash. But I, do, I think perhaps in some cases they are being essentially just given to us, perhaps. This is something some researchers have right, cer yeah. certainly speculated about. Because yeah. if they're that advanced, why not just scoop it back up? I mean, they can, <laughs> right. they can take <laughs> Make people it anywhere. Right, turn it invisible. But, but I don't know. I don't know. It's very hard to say. We can really only speculate, but I am absolutely convinced just from the literally hundreds of, of accounts of whistleblowers mm -hmm. that the crash retrieval phenomena is 100% true. And it's with areas like Area 51, Wright right. Patterson, Edwards Air Force Base, and mm -hmm. I could list a number of other Air Force bases, mm -hmm. which I believe are holding absolutely um hardware or complete ufo craft or Jeez. alien bodies mm -hmm. so i've talked to several military personnel who have had encounters uh, like on navy ships or on the uss clamagor submarine and yeah. it does not make it into the official law again when they, when they encounter a ufo yeah. generally speaking yeah. have, okay so have you heard of anybody who was taken and not returned I have. I have. Really? Oh, my God, what happened to them? <laughs> there are a few cases I know in the literature. I mean, look at what happened to Felix Monkla over Lake Superior back in the, oh gosh, I don't have the exact year, I think it was 50s, where he was vectored to a unidentified flying object. And he, hmm. he was a, just a young pilot. And uh, they had his flip on radar and this unidentified object on radar. And his plane came right up to it and merged with the object Jeez. and the object darts away and we never heard from him oh, again. Really? Oh. Wow. And there's the case of uh, Frederick Valentik off the coast of Australia. Yeah, I've heard I, of that one. I can't I remember. Know another, yeah, you, same thing. He vanished, yeah. Um, hmm. He was actually talking to the control tower when it happened. He's like, it's right above me and it's not a plane. I don't know what oh, it is. God. Uh. That was it. And Le Leonard Stringfield, very well-respected researcher, 
talks mm-hmm. about a case in Hobbs, New Mexico, where a farmer came screeching home and there was a UFO right hovering over his truck and he's trying to get out of his truck and run to his family who was at the door watching when this UFO lifts the truck up, pulls him and the truck inside and they never saw him again. Wow. And hmm. I've got you know a couple of cases myself. Well, I mean, one's in this book uh, uh, where someone was... T- actually went voluntarily on board. The ETs invited him on board and hmm. uh, asked him if he wanted to go. And he said, no, I don't want to go. And they said, well, we're going to come back a year from now. If you want to, uh, you can come with us. And he told, he yeah. told his friends this. He's like, this is what happened to me. And they're like, you're kidding. He's like, no, no, honest to God. And described this whole experience. And they're like, oh, so he go? did come back a year later. Well, yeah, he decides, they asked him, are you going to go back? Are you going to go and see? And he's like, I don't know. I might, I might. And he did. He huh. went by. He started giving away his stuff. You know, and everyone started to get concerned. <laughs> They're like, are you going to go? He's like, yeah, well, I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm going to go check it out. And he drove off into the desert and didn't come back. Wow. And his Ever? Family, no. His family and friends Jeez. went out and they found his car. The keys were in it. Never heard from him again. Mind you, he is oh. like in his early 20s. Yeah. Uh, huh. so, but that was a friendly case. And there are a lot of missing people on this planet. This has become a real um, topic of attention. Yeah, and obviously this doesn't just happen in the United States. It's happening yeah. in uh, other countries as well. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of cases in Mexico. Have you ever looked into any of those? Like there, there was uh, UFOs hovering over Mexico City for, I think, days or weeks. Uh, and weeks? A long time, yeah. Really? Do you remember that case, uh, Preston? Um, yeah, Mexico... Uh, has, has had an enormous amount of contact. There was yeah. a one really famous setting during the solar eclipse of, uh, what was it, 91, 93, around there. And I actually went down to Mexico to, to see that. I was in okay. La Paz. But over Mexico City, there was this metallic disc that hovered huh. for right. hours. During the was, eclipse? Yep. And more than 30 people videotaped it from various locations around Mexico City. Yeah. And because of that, the Mexican government could not deny it. it. Has been one of the most forthcoming governments in terms of you know transparency with right. this effect. Huh. Yeah, I think yeah. there was even some later sightings in Mexico City where they would appear uh, and disappear and appear again for days yep. or. You know. Yep. There, there was some really amazing films taken from a right. infrared film. I guess it was from a plane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> I'm not well, sure. What were you doing in La Paz? Also looking into UFO stuff? No, I went down there to see the solar eclipse. Oh, okay, to see the eclipse. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. just just saw the recent one that, you know, what was it, four or five years ago? Uh, you, I mean, if you ever get a chance to see a solar eclipse, you have got to do it. It is so cool. Well, wow. we did. We we, that was visible here. Remember, we sat outside. It was right. August. It was hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, there is a tradition of objects appearing during the eclipse. Mm. I didn't see it the both times I've seen an eclipse, but uh, definitely something to look for. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Mm. What um have you found that synchronicity plays a role in any of these encounters? Yeah, yeah, huge, huge role, mm-hmm. and it's very strange. Uh, I know people who have. Uh, met each other on board UFOs before they met each other in person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people who say that they've been 
quite literally set up in relationships huh. uh, uh, they feel by the ETs and just weird. I mean, it's happened to me. I'll be in for my job for years. I would go to the post office to pick up the company mail and I'd be there in line and someone would look at me and start talking about UFOs. Oh right? my God. Yeah. Right? And I'd look down at my shirt. I'm like, well, you know, I don't have a UFO shirt. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Cause maybe why are you looking at me like that? That, that? that was the theme basically of our book, Aliens in the Backyard, yeah. the synchronicity connection, because it, they are so weird. Yeah, and, I love that book, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was a great book. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. And I loved how you, you know, talk more than just UFOs and how the paranormal all kind of wraps up into this. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's a lots of nuts and bolts researchers who aren't looking at the spiritual aspect of all of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's uh, which that is really important. I think plays a role. Yeah, it plays a very powerful role, and I think it's really connected to all of this. Yeah, I think it's and one I, of their main agendas. The ETs are trying to wake us up to who we are and our own abilities and our own spiritual heritage. And, and the fact yeah. is, we're immortal beings. We yeah. are, we are interdimensional beings. And that's what I and think, we've forgotten it. <laughs> and that's what evolution is about, I think, moving uh, towards uh, more of a, a spiritual existence. Yeah, yeah. People say, oh, you know, maybe the UFO phenomena isn't ET at all. It's we're interdimensional beings. I'm like, well, hold on a second. We are interdimensional, <laughs> and just because you know ETs are disappearing and reappearing and turning at right angles and coming invisible and you know their ships and them doesn't necessarily mean they're not people like us. Right. Mm -hmm. I think they can be time travelers. They can be interdimensional. And that does not preclude them from being extraterrestrial. Mm -hmm. But my guess is we're dealing with a wide variety of phenomena. Uh, um, I suspect there are interdimensional beings. Um, Certainly there are spirits, ghosts, Mm -hmm. uh, angelic, you know, know, demonic type spirits. I do not believe for one second UFOs are demonic. Mm-hmm. This this is a pretty popular theory. Yeah. All right, and, that's, uh, it is. I looked into it. I did. I bought all the books. I've interviewed people <laughs> who have gone had horrific um, dealings with bad spirits to the mm-hmm. point of you know being possessed. And I'm pretty confident this is a separate phenomena, as we would you know think of it. Everything's related to a certain extent. But yeah, yeah, there are bad spirits, and that's not what's going on with extraterrestrials. Demonic yeah. spirits, they try to destroy you. You know, they hate you. They make people's lives miserable. And that's yeah. not what we see with people who are having extensive contact. They are well, coming away, you know. Yeah. We've been uh, talking with a woman uh, from Sarasota, Florida, for years who has had lots of encounters, daily encounters, and she. Uh, she would every afternoon. She's a, re- a veterinarian and retired, and would go, go into her bedroom, lay on the bed, and have these experiences. And they, these beings, didn't seem to have any crafts uh, with them. Uh, she had never been taken on board of a craft, although she has. When she was younger, she had seen uh, UFOs, but. Uh, you know, it seems that these beings, and they're very strange looking, uh, just seem to be, you know, just appear in her bedroom uh, and were moving her, uh, teaching her to get out of her body and travel that way through space. And 
now now there's something completely different going on because she, she has encountered the demonic forces that are out there and they're uh, but did have anything to do with ETs? You no, know, it didn't have anything. But the ETs are not seem. Uh, they their basic opinion is you got to figure out this yourself. We're watching <laughs> you and protecting you, but you got to figure it out yourself in dealing with uh, these uh, entities. But they, they don't. I mean, they, they seem to be demonic entities, but they're not. Uh, they're not aliens per se. Uh, so it's it's a it's a mixed bag in that uh, in that case. Yeah, it's all very tough to figure out. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. it's layer after layer. And, and yeah, I know. Barely <laughs> have language for this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, boy, I got in this field. I was so naive. I had no idea there was this horrendous cover-up by our government and governments across the world, hoaxers, paid yeah. debunkers, yeah. and, and a lot of people starting to deal with this. Preston. Initially, they were not happy. <laughs> um, it kind of divided the family to a little bit because there was a number of members of my family and friends who had, had direct contact, you know, mm. seen them close up. Uh, I, I can tell you my father, uh, who's now passed away, never came around. <laughs> um, and just, no, he's like, no, I just, I don't believe it. Mm. Uh, but, but by this point now, my family's They've always been very supportive. We're a very close family. I mean, we can disagree and still love each other. Uh, but now they they understand and they know it's real because I've I wouldn't let it go. I'm, I'm <laughs> do, you think, that way. do you think the presidents are informed or not informed? For sure, they're informed. I would say to certain degrees. Uh, mm. And if you look at the history of this, and there are researchers who have specialized in just this. Right. Yeah. Every one of them has something to say about UFOs. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why don't they take Trump? <laughs> yeah, well. Educate him. He's talked about UFOs, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, he has. So uh, it's interesting. It seems like every, most presidents are pretty tight-lipped right. about it. And... Uh, don't say a whole lot, and I think he's following that same pattern. He has mentioned it, though. When they have open forums where you can ask, uh, you know, write in uh, questions to the president, that's one of the most common yeah. questions that's asked about is, have you, have you, about, uh, do you know about the, the aliens, about the UFOs? You know? And yeah. they kind of put those into a group, <laughs> set them aside. <laughs> well, President Carter said he saw a UFO. What's that? President Carter. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, other presidents across the world. I, I believe a Mexican president saw a UFO, and we have we have senators who've seen UFOs, right. state representatives, governors. Certainly is interested. Yet they, uh, aliens don't seem to, or visitors, whatever you want to call them, don't seem to be particularly more interested in people in power than regular people. Isn't that the case? I think they've tried. You know, they, they have gone to our leaders. Um, yeah. We certainly have evidence of them landing at military bases. And yeah. there's that whole Eisenhower meeting. Right. 1954 yeah. and this sort of thing. So it seems like they have, yeah, gone to, you know, take me to your leader. They've done it. Uh -huh. But because our government and governments across the world have not been truthful or transparent or forthcoming, mm -hmm. they have conducted, the ETs have conducted what I believe is a grassroots movement. They're like, uh -huh. okay, you're not going to... Disclose, no problems. We will do it ourselves. And right. are going from person to person and group to group. 
Um, I wrote a book about schoolyard encounters, mm, yeah. hovering over schools, and they're showing themselves off to children. I wrote a book about encounters occurring at drive-in theaters. I've got a hundred oh cases. <laughs> that's right, that's that is weird. <laughs> and, yeah, they're showing themselves off. I thought, how did, how did you get cases for okay, that? Okay, we have to get all your books now, person. <laughs> this is fascinating. How did you get uh, cases for, uh, <laughs> for drive-ins? Drive-ins, and there's not that many drive-ins anymore. <laughs> I dug deep. I actually, it was the newspapers, old newspaper oh, really? archives that really provided most of the material for that. I was shocked. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, but it's so definitely UFOs have a very strong agenda of a publicity campaign. Right. Um, they like the Phoenix Lights, like Gulf uh -huh. Breeze, yeah. Hudson Valley Wave, wave right. after wave, Stevensville, Texas. They are showing themselves off on purpose. Yeah. And I think an agenda to push towards open official disclosure. Yeah, I think so they're, too. They're like, we're here, you know, we're friendly. I think for the most part they are. Mm -hmm. Not not everyone. I, it's a wide, wide universe. It's yeah, be very right. naive to say that everyone out there is, you know, puppies and rainbows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think for the most part we have nothing to worry about. Um, and that ETs are people like us, but probably more spiritually advanced, right? Certainly more technologically advanced. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Oh, uh, this has been great. Yeah. Now, what's your next project? <laughs> <laughs> I've got so much going on. Um, I'm just about to put out a new book about very much like onboard UFO encounters about people's uh, really extensive cases of extensive contact. I'm doing another volume of my not from here series which is all about the outlying kind of really strange types of encounters. Uh -huh. Like and, what? Uh, oh, UFOs that uh, hover over prisons, uh, people who hmm. have been contact through the telephone, phone call from an alien. That <laughs> oh, was really? one yeah. Japan, which yeah. is a thing. It's <laughs> absolutely UFOs hovering over graveyards. I mean, yeah. who knew? It, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking into all the weirder cases, the UFO Bigfoot connection. Uh -huh. Yeah, sure. Uh, this sort of thing. I don't think UFOs are going away. I think this is a very important subject. It's going to transform our planet for the better. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to see what happens. Well, tell people how they can get in touch with you and find your books. Do you have a website? Yeah, I do. I have a website. If you Google my name, it'll take you there. It's PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. All my books are there. Uh, excerpts of my books. You can also contact me if you have you know, a story you want to share or a question or a comment. Always love hearing from people. So you just go to Google and put in your name, Preston Dennett, two N's, two T's, and uh, you should find your website, right? Right. Also, I have a YouTube channel. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, that's... right. I, I watched one of those. Uh, it's interesting. So you must not get much sleep. <laughs> I, I enjoy my sleep. I do. <laughs> this really cuts into my TV time. <laughs> but I, I have fun with this. You know, I've been, I was looking back. I'm like, I've been doing this most of my life now, 35 years. Um, and I was a pretty young man when I started. I was, you know, early 20s. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, but uh, yeah, what a journey it's been. I'm so, That's great. Yeah, yeah. I am very excited to see how this all rolls out in terms of disclosure. And yeah. Well, thanks contact. for coming on with us, uh, Preston. Yeah, this has been terrific. Hey. And please, if you want to come on again, just tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with this weird, you know, another, you know, graveyards, prisons, that, yeah. that, that is so strange. 
right? Yeah. Hey, you got it. I love talking about this stuff. I can talk okay. for hours, days. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, thank you. It's been you awesome. Bye. Thanks for joining the Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical. Yeah.